and welcome to the Heart Guy Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and today we have one Mr. Sean Henderson. Hey, how's it going? With us to discuss Halloween. Now, the whole month of October, we are diving in to Halloween, the entire film franchise, the entire series, including the Rob Zombie films, and once we actually see the new film, also titled Halloween, the third movie in the entire series slash franchise, with just the title Halloween. That's a little fucking confusing, isn't it? For for someone that doesn't know horror movies, that's a little fucking weird, right? It is, Three movies with just titled Halloween. It is extremely weird, and the funny thing about this, kind of like how the remake of Ghostbusters was originally called Ghostbusters, but then they added like a... Back for the call, or answer the call. Answer the call. Yeah. So I, that's why, I think I mentioned this earlier on a different podcast, and I think I'm, you know, stealing from Spider-Man, but at least they could have called it like Halloween Homecoming... Or, like, something with, like, a subtitle, so you're not, like... Even something like, like, Halloween 40 years later would yeah. be, like, would have been great. But I think that is a total studio move of, like, sequels don't sell, we don't want it to market as a sequel, when it's 100%, obviously, that's a direct sequel. Well, yeah, definitely. And, uh... Well, but but how awesome is that, that, like, eight, like... Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Halloween, 20 years later. Like, that was that very was, fucking cool. Yeah. And they didn't. also water. And, and you don't even have to, you didn't have to fucking say, oh, it's Halloween 7. Like, no. You didn't need to say that. People never refer to it as Halloween 7. They refer to it as Halloween H2O. So it would have been cool for them to name the new Halloween film Halloween Homecoming or Halloween 40 Years Later. I think that would have been... Because now you have three films, 78, Rob Zombie's 2007, and now 2018. Yeah, so now, like, when, you know, <clears throat> you have someone over and it's like, oh, you want to watch Halloween? You got to be like, which one? Yeah. And it's, yeah, that, that's so, like, I don't know. It's stupid, but it's a total studio move, and it's something they have to, like, bow to the studios about for whatever reason. Because, the you know, people that have no clue about horror movies are making calls on horror movies. But I'm at least grateful that we're getting, one, a direct sequel to the original, uh, you know, movie. And we're negating everything beyond the first film, which we're talking about today. The 1978 John Carpenter classic, Halloween. Which, I kind of wish they continued the story after part two. Because I really love Halloween 2, which I know we're going to talk about that today. But, like, that means, like, it just ignores everything that, too, happened. And yeah. And it was fantastic in my eyes. And that's what... You, and I don't know if it was, like, Carpenter's... It's, like, Carpenter's input. And, obviously, we're going to dive into the original film because that's what today's episode is on. But we kind of got it. It's all relative because we're going to be covering the whole series. And we're going to be talking about all of them, no matter what episode we're covering. Or whatever um, film we're covering. Uh, it's, it's definitely interesting that um that yeah it, there's it, totally negating the second film now and it, obviously f- four through the r- rest right. of them not obviously not including the rob zombie year but it did it did get so the franchise did get so scrambled after a point and i think more so and and okay before we before we start diving into rabbit holes here <laughs> Where does Halloween rank for you? As far as, like, franchise, the character, like, you know, people talk Freddy and the Elm Street series, Jason, Nightmare, or, or Friday the 13th series. Where does Halloween rank? Does Halloween rank before those for you? 
Well, we've been friends for years. You should know this. I know, but the fucking people listening don't know. Halloween is my all-time favorite horror franchise, even with all like the flaws and the stupid storylines where Michael raped his niece and the yeah, producers caught. Yeah, it's so it's so like scrambled, and then like, which you get a you get a refreshing take in like Halloween H two O. Like that one, I think, is the best sequel in the entire franchise. Um, and, better than two? Oh yeah. Okay. I th- I think like one hundred percent better than two. Two's cool. Two is like awesome. And then I feel like they they came off the rails. And and that's not a knock on Halloween three because Halloween three is its own separate thing. It was meant to break off from the Michael Myers character and not involve that. Seriously. And then like the more I watch three, the more I love it. Like if you yeah. don't like connect to the franchise, it's actually a really fun movie. Yeah, it, it's amazing and it's kind of underrated and it's I can't it's kind of been weighed down and like overlooked because it has the Halloween title with it. Well, then like also uh, like in my head to make it try like connect to all of it, I always think like. Okay, well, this is what happened in between Halloween 2 and 4 while Michael's in a coma, but then it kind of gets fucked up because then there's, like, the Halloween trailer playing at the bar right. with Tom Atkins, so... Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a weird one, but in all the best ways. But, you know, this franchise for me, I'm not gonna fucking try to, like, gussy it up for anybody listening or for any Halloween fans. Halloween is far... From my favorite film franchise. Oh, I know. Uh, it's it's far from it, and it's got a lot of. In my eyes, I mean, all these franchises have their flaws, but none is such as Halloween. With that said, I think I feel like I'm in good company because John Carpenter agrees that it's probably the most <laughs> flawed film franchise, save for the first one. Um, I mean, he's a little biased, obviously, but. I mean, we'll we'll dive into it. You know, 1978, Carpenter's directly influenced influenced from Black Christmas. Oh yeah, and Psycho. And Psycho, obviously, casting Janet Lee's daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, right? First role, um, and it's uh, you know, this is the movie that made her into you know one of the most well known, you know, scream queens of all time. Uh, you know, is. Pretty much is, you know, was the quintessential scream queen for those few years after she, but at the same time, she, when she got out of it, she kind of frowned upon the horror realm, I think. And I, and maybe that had something to do with how sequels seem to tarnish originals, at least in the eyes of some people. And I mean, let's be real here. Halloween five, <laughs> Halloween six, Curse of Michael Myers. Do those make the fucking? Do those make you really love the film franchise? Now, don't get me wrong. Chris Michael Myers is pretty cool. It's a cool concept. It's fucking poorly executed, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. But you know, 1978. You know, this is really the beginning of what the 80s, the golden age of horror and the golden age of the slasher film would become, as far as a mask killer, yeah, stalking, praying. You know, and it was originally called The Babysitter Murders yep. was going to be that. It was going to be the title. Which, uh, I know we, I say, you know, that group text message we have going on. But I remember, like, if you show this movie now to a younger audience, they're just like, there's no gore. There's hardly any death. Yeah. There's only one scene with blood, and that's when Judith Myers is killed at the beginning. Yeah. There's no other blood scene, really. No, not really. And, 
Which, I'm like, okay, who cares? But, like, it's more psychological. Like, if you live, like, you know, you and I both lived in a small town, like, this shit can fucking happen. Yeah. And that's something I think that people like you and I can relate, even though I grew up, like, kind of on the outskirts of the suburban village of Canastota. Um, And you grew up right into, like, a very similar to what it looked like in Haddonfield. Even though the film was shot in Pasadena, California... They did a pretty good job making it seem like, you know, Midwestern, yeah. Middle America type shit. Well, yeah, Illinois. Like, walking home from school, you know, fucking leaves on the ground. Right. Like, Halloween decorations down the street. Like, I'm like, I'm in Hanfield, but not really. Right. And it, you, you know, uh, watching the film, uh, we both, we both seen it enough where we, it, it wasn't something where we needed to rewatch. But for the sake of the podcast, I did rewatch it this morning. And something I noticed with the, it is, it's really hard in the daytime, at nighttime, it looks great. It looks like fucking Will New Boulevard would have looked when the fucking, when it was dark and people had their porch lights on. Right. It looks just like Haddonfield. But it's hard to, to like, during the day shots where you see. Palm trees. Yeah. The California license plates on the cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, when you're growing up. When this movie really connects with you, like, you don't give a fuck. No. Like, we saw this at a young age, and we weren't thinking about those things. It didn't even cross our mind. We're like, okay, there's a fucking handful of leaves blowing. It's definitely autumn in Illinois. Like, I I didn't even know, like, it was filmed in California until, like, you know, I discovered the internet. Right, exactly. And it's, it's something that, despite, like, that, it's still, all the daytime scenes are pretty fucking haunting. Like, for him to, like come out from behind the little, like, half-assed fucking uh, State Street headrow. <laughs> um, yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, that's, not, that's like, super creepy. Him, like, stalking them in the car is right. super... Which, we'll talk about an iconic scene, and, you know, it's two years after that song dropped, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, playing in the car. Oh, like, yeah. that is just so, like... You couldn't have encapsulated, like, that time period of the 70s in a better way than playing that song in that car and you have michael myers riding fucking behind him like, right behind crazy. him fucking uh jim lee curtis and i forgot the other actress's name because that yeah. pj souls the other one yeah yeah i know you're talking about fucking which dude. the girl plays annie brackett yes annie. um who is in my eyes the hottest of the three really i'm fucking going all in on her even higher than pj souls yeah. i think pj souls is the hottest one out of the three like, no. don't get me wrong i, I love jim lee well, curtis. you're only saying that because you saw her boobs so yeah see I'm going Annie Brackett all the way if we're talking, you know, if we're we're ranking them. Uh, but, you know, this is, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis does have, like, does seem like, you know, has that innocent quality about her more so than PJ Souls and the other actor. Her she is innocent, Nancy, but she right? is smoking the devil's lettuce. They are, they are lighting up the reef. Oh, they yeah. are fucking, they got a spliff roll. <laughs> well, listen, don't feel yes. the reaper. Nancy Kess. There it is. Um... But yes, uh, it's, like I said, the beginning obviously is super, uh, the POV of six-year-old Michael Myers going in, killing his sister, sister, Judith Myers. Now, that's what's so, like, awesome about this film, and I think that's where the mystique of Michael Myers and the story of The Shape killing is they try to give him motive. Beyond that, and it's much scarier when there's no motive. 
Well, yeah, because if he was a six-year-old boy, he's living in, like, I'm going to assume, not a blue-collar family, like a white-collar family, typical, you know, suburban family. Right. Fucking snaps, kills his sister on Halloween. Yeah. Like, a six-year-old. Like, yeah, fucking six-year-old. Also, what teenage girl can't fight off a six-year-old? I know, right? We got a plot hole there. Um, but at the same time, like, who knows? I guess anything's possible. Like, don't get me wrong, and I know we're jumping between the films, but, like, I love Rob Zombie's remake, obviously. But, like, do we really need, like, the broken home? I think they... I mean, it had... I think he needed to put his own spin on it, and that's what he wanted to do. I can respect it, because it's just... It is, like, cool storytelling. There's great actors in it. Um, But at the same time, like, I feel like with Michael Myers what made the first film so i don't know if it was necessarily this aspect of it made it successful but it definitely added to the allure of it that you don't know why he's killing yeah. he just literally is he's wired fucking wrong and he's a psychopath yeah until we get to part six and they fucking run it yeah yeah and it's you know you're talking a six-year-old goes in kills his sister he gets fucking racked up in the loony bin the yeah. rest of his life he hasn't talked 15, 15 years, years later Fucking Loomis is rolling up with the fucking nurse to transport this crazy ass. Yeah. And the fucking the inmates have officially escaped the asylum and are fucking uh, going to town. But it's... Uh, and it's funny because it's... It started the... the I often think if this was never turned into a series... Granted, I think it spawned, like, a lot of different things, and, like, there were so many opportunities for them to, one, make money, because this is the original, I mean, you can't count Night of, Living, Night of the Living Dead, because it, one, it was, like, it was an extremely successful independent film, but the rights were all jacked up, yeah. so no one knows what it actually grossed. Romero, Russo, those guys never saw fucking real profits from that movie, uh, you know, one of the main reasons why they ended up fucking doing a remake and and trying to get some cheese off that. But, you know, this is truly one of the first films that set a benchmark for horror. And I, I think, to a degree, set that standard that hurts the horror film uh, world, the horror genre, is we can make these movies low budget. Uh... We're not going to invest time. We're going to strap them, which is to a benefit because you can do more with less. Yeah. You know, you, you're you forced to become creative with less financial uh, stability. But at the same time, I feel like the film industry, uh, you know, the Akkads specifically, who had no interest in doing the film until, you know, they saw the passion John Carpenter had for wanting to do this babysitter's murder uh, the Babysitter Murders uh, movie that obviously is was retitled Halloween. It's set like a platform of we don't have to dump a lot of money into this and they're going to make a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Because initially it wasn't super successful, but then it got heat and started, you know, building and then it just took off and it's one of the most successful independent films of all time. I mean, up until, you know, what, Paranormal Activity that cost fucking... 18000 Yeah, make. fucking four Snickers bars. <laughs> uh but it, it kind of set like a precedent of like we don't have to invest a lot and we'll get a lot in return. This is the new horror movie pyramid right. scheme type thing, which I mean I think they did a lot 
and it's completely John Carpenter's like doings. Like he didn't want to hire someone to do the score. He, he did, did the score himself, which I think it's funny. He calls it the uh, the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra, which is just him and a couple friends like doing the music. There's right. no Philharmonic like <laughs> in Fucked from Bowling Green, uh, which I think is great. And there's a lot of like uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky references in the film. And Smith's Grove is like a smaller town yeah. in Kentucky somewhere, so that's like an homage to his hometown. Uh, but yeah, super likable characters. Uh, yeah, you can totally uh, relate to them. Like it's definitely like just normal teenagers, yeah. and that's something that's lost in today's films too. Is like uh, you know, well, maybe we normal normal teenagers. You know what I mean? Not like the fucking the super boot, over the top like field sex homes. Like listen, I don't care. Like, and I've seen some good looking guys in my day. Zac Efron <laughs> looking guys don't go to high school right. in any high schools that real people go to. Uh, you know, and they all looked like average girl next door well that's why i also like the uh the friday the 13th franchise because they all look fucking normal yeah yeah it wasn't like uh you know these bombshell no right actors fucking... yeah like these crazy like model type actors and i think uh can we talk about bob bob who the fuck no one would ever fuck bob bob's got those weird Dahmer glasses he looks like Dahmer. no one would ever fuck him well apparently pj's also fucking him. well yeah but that that her character went down like three pegs where I was just like, Really? You want that guy with the weird <laughs> fucking like Main Street Market fucking <laughs> eyeglasses? Like what the fuck's going on there? But it's but you he, know he does have the coolest death in the movie though. Oh yeah, that's by far. And I mean So so it was a good payoff, fucking the goofiest motherfucker yeah, gets the coolest death. That's true. But uh, Donald Pleasance's character in this, and I, we're jumping all around, and that's just how we're going to do it, so you can deal with it. Um, but Donald Pleasance, like, he got paid $20,000 for five days of work. Really? When you re- yeah. When you really think about it, he's not in the movie a whole lot. No. It's very minimal. Um, but every time he's on screen, you're immediately locked on him because he's such a strong actor. Oh, yeah, he's great. And, uh, I mean, he, for me, he without him... I don't know if the film would resonate as much as it does because of that angle where, like, he's known this motherfucker... For 15 years. For 15 years. The motherfucker hadn't said a peep. Yeah. We have that really cool monologue scene outside of the Myers house. Yeah. Or is inside. Yeah, it's inside. it was inside. Uh, yeah, when he's talking about, you know, when he fucking came in, he had the black styes. Yeah, the fucking, devil's eyes. It just, like, you know, trying to build, like, what this... It's a human body, but there's not a human mind in there. No. Like, this this kid's unhinged. You know, he's a 21-year-old now. And uh, it's, when you really think about it, between Loomis, I think the most haunting things is how Loomis describes what Michael Myers actually is. And it's what he is. is a shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once he dons the mask, he is simply just a... Killing machine. Yeah. Exactly. There's no like empathy. There's no sympathy no. at all, and uh, he. It's as natural as a spider, you know, killing an insect for for food. Something that always bugged me though is, and I never understood why it had to. And I know like psychopaths kill animals, but the dog killing never made sense to me. Like it makes sense, like because obviously psychopaths start with sociopaths start with like killing animals and stuff. But like I was just like. 
Really? You gotta kill the dog outside the house, you sick fuck? Well, he was fucking barking at him. He didn't want, you know, Annie to know that he was out there, so he fucking strangled the dog. Yeah. But Question, is that the same dog that he eats inside the Myers house? Probably. Because I was, I just really, I just made that connection, like, right now. Yeah, yeah. He kills, like, because Loomis is like, oh, there's a dead dog and it's still warm, like, hinting that he was eating the fucking dog. Yeah. Uh... Which is something, like, I almost forget, like, that until I watched it recently. I always forget, like, that kind of aspect. Like, okay, not only is he just, like, completely psychotic, he's, he's, is he mentally, like, incapacitated? Is he fucking stupid? Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck's happening? You're eating dog? Like, motherfucker, it's Halloween. You can literally go to McDonald's and get a burger. Or do you think he's just so tempted? He's just like, I can't go to McDonald's. I want to kill everyone. <laughs> like he's so like the, the drive-through line is too long. Okay? <laughs> I, this dog is gonna do enough protein to get me going. And uh, but you know, it's the score is besides Donald Pleasance. I think the score the score is, is like a character of the movie. Exactly, the score is make it makes the whole film. Oh yeah, I mean it's that uh, it's. I don't think even arguably, I think it is the greatest horror movie score, like, of all time. Like, nothing is greater than being awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, fucking, you know, October's tomorrow, you know, the glow of the TV, fucking blanket, and, like, that score hits, greatest, like, setting ever. Yeah, it's, and it's so, it's weird because it's, it's obviously so creepy, it's an original John Carpenter piece, but at the same time, like, it is, like, to people like you and I, like, it's a... It's almost like a like a fall comfort, like, you know, we're tomorrow is October first. What exactly why we're starting uh, the Halloween film franchise on this podcast now? But like, there's a like I I agree because I I popped that thing on at seven o'clock this morning and uh, and yeah it like it immediately puts you in like a mood like, and it it is like it, I I it's really hard pressed to think of anybody we know that doesn't at least watch one of the Halloween films. Right. Usually the first one or even think about them like when October hits, like obviously because it encapsulates not even just an entire day, but an, an entire month. Oh yeah. And else too, like it's also like a nostalgia thing for me as well. Like there, my mom has like a Polaroid of me dressed like Michael Myers. Like I think it was Halloween. 2004, I dressed like Michael Myers for... Yeah. I didn't go trick-or-treating that year. Which you were, old. what, 15? Yeah, I was too old to go trick-or-treating, but yeah, I yeah. still dressed up and walked around. I think I went trick-or-treating at 15. Did you? Yeah, because we were still like... I mean, everybody was still like... Well, I was always been a giant, so... Yeah, that's true. I, I couldn't get away with yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Um. Uh, but yeah, like, you immediately get a, a dynamic for the friends. Like, PJ Souls is like, you know dropping totally every right. fucking other line so she's like that like uh they almost try to paint her as like that like uh beverly hills type chick you know what i mean it's right. just like constantly valley, valley girl yeah exactly uh and uh which in, does that kind of make no sense because the movie takes place in illinois and why, yeah why is she a valley girl exactly yeah oh no now i'm finding out flaws in my favorite films yeah right but it's it is it is such a it's it it is it's all about the stalking because he takes the character and that's the thing like oh he's like a, a you know a faceless and voiceless killer and stuff 
but at the same time, you see that he definitely takes pleasure in stalking. He oh, yeah. loves like the the chase and like the anticipation of it all. Like we said, like the when like Laurie Shore is walking, he's standing behind the fucking bush. Uh, she's at school. He's standing behind the car. Uh, the scene where, like, I think Glory's like leaving school, and then fucking the kid drops the fucking pumpkin, and then like Michael's like walking on the other side of the fucking fence. Yeah, like he's just like watching her walk, mm-hmm. and then he hops in the car and fucking drives off. Which that scene always makes me laugh. I want obviously it's it's Halloween day, but like no one's questioning a motherfucker in a white mask. Yeah, just right. standing at a schoolyard, just like walking. Oh yeah, you won't be able to do that shit nowadays. Oh fuck no. But you know it's something that's funny when um when Loomis is leaving uh Smith's Grove and they're like, Oh, he's fucking not he's not going to fucking Haddonfield. Uh and he's just like, He can't even fucking drive. He's doing pretty well last night. Yeah. It's and then he's just and then Lewis drops the he's like, Maybe someone here taught him. Yeah. Like which, that kinda makes you think like, how did this motherfucker learn how to drive? Which they connected that with part six. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, but you know, before that, like, you immediately think, like, who did teach Michael how to drive? Oh, fuck, yeah. Which is going to be interesting, uh, because I think the new Halloween might tie in. Because you got to think, the new one coming out in a few weeks is negating everything beyond the first one. Yeah. So, they're going to, we're going to get you new... Think, do you think they're going to jump in and actually like, explain that? That might be one of the things they could definitely dive into. You know what I mean? Could, has he had help within the asylum the entire time? True. Does he have some kind of like connection originally Maybe. in there? But have you seen the uh, the Adam Green short of Michael Myers learning how to drive? No. Oh my God, Slayers! So Michael Myers is playing by Kane Hodder. So technically, he's the only guy who's ever played all three uh, yeah, right. serial killers. And I think it's the one goofy motherfucker from Hatchet and uh, Grandma's Boy. You know what guy I'm talking about? Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of yeah, the like he, name. he's like the driving instructor, and then like Joel David Moore. Yeah, maybe I'll look it up. Or is it Joel Moore? Brian, tell us. But anyway, yeah, Joel David Moore. It's Joel David Moore. Okay. So, yeah, no, like, that is actually pretty funny because, like, he's teaching... IMDb. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, like, he's teaching Michael how to drive. And it's, like, the funniest, like, five minutes short. Right. So, check it out. It's pretty uh, hilarious. But it's, uh, you know, like I said, you talk 1978, and it's... This really is, like, a blueprint for, like, the mask, the masked killer. Yeah, because then we've got Friday the 13th. Uh, I'm afraid he's not really a mass killer. He's just a guy who... But there was definitely kid. a template, like, yeah. there. It's just Wes Craven had, like, a, a more innovative idea with, you know, a killer within the dream yeah. dream realm. But, I mean, you talk anything. You can... Any masked killer, or even, like, unmasked killers, you think of things like... I mean, not that there was really a, a revenge plot, uh, per se, with Halloween, but even you think of things... Like Maniac Cop? Maniac Cop, uh, The Burning. Yeah. You know, those films are stalking killers, you know what I mean? Uh, and even, like, movies that aren't necessarily, like, uh, you wouldn't immediately tie them in, but you think of things like Jamie Lee Curtis was in, uh, Terror Train. 
think the fun house i don't right. know all those things they take little things i think from the template of halloween put their own spin on them and create something um but it's 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 got to be one of the <clears throat> most influ- influential uh, horror films of all time oh absolutely and and i think it and even like score wise i think and, and carpenter's been credited as saying like you know um he like fell in love with the the film the the score the the synth score because I think it was uh, he actually uh, I just watched an interview with John Carpenter uh, promoting the new movie but like the whole uh, the actual Halloween theme song he actually learned that from his dad when his dad taught yeah, him how to yeah. play bongos it, it, it's the like fourth fifth key or whatever yeah. like yeah uh, which is which is crazy that he takes something like that and. Uh, his own little spin on it. Yeah, I mean, and created one of the most revolutionary pieces of like musical score right. ever. E- like, even though, like his own son uh, is actually not that bad, that of a composer. Because I actually watched uh, Sigur Burns the other day. Yeah, like I mean, Cody Carpenter is a hell of a music uh, composer in his own right now. Obviously, playing in it's his band man. with his. Uh, with his uh, godson as well, Daniel Davies, who plays the, all the lead guitar, and they did the and John Carpenter anthology record, and that also featured a re-recording of Halloween, which uh, Daniel Davies, Cody Carpenter, and of course John Carpenter have done the new score that's as well. Cool. Um, and and that's something John Carpenter said too is that they've consulted him on pretty much everything on this, whereas you know it was just pay me on the Rob Zombie ones. Right. Um, and I think and I think that's a template that they took. Uh, Joseph Gordon Green is doing the new one. Isn't that his name? Maybe. The new Halloween. Oh, the director? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did fucking Your Highness, 5050, Pineapple, Pineapple Express, and obviously Eastbound and Down. Yeah, David, David Gordon Green, excuse me. But, um... But yeah, I think that they, him, David Gordon Green, Gordon Green, and the studio maybe took a little, little influence from the new It movie, which they, I think, uh, wanted to make sure Stephen King was satisfied with the story being, you know, delivered properly and just in his eyes, so it do- didn't get lost upon. You know, they didn't want to disrespect King and King's work. Right. And getting that Stephen King stamp of approval definitely helped the film and made people want to go get it. Like, oh, Stephen King's got Stephen King's approval. We're going to go see it. Same thing with this. I mean, I would have went in with a far worse, uh, uh, you know, preconceived notions of this being, this new one being dog shit of Carpenter's like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. Probably something terrible. Well, like, I remember I was kind of the same boat when it's like oh fucking Danny McBride is writing this movie I'm like what the fuck I'm like a comedian writing a Halloween movie I'm like great it's gonna be a bunch of like stoner jokes and like but then when the trailer dropped I'm like alright I'm 100% on board like the mass is sick well you gotta remember the, the that's someone like that crew the David Gordon Green uh, you know like Jody Hill uh, Danny McBride all those guys grew up with these films and they're huge and, and if I'm not mistaken I can't confirm this, but I think I read it somewhere or I saw maybe an, an excerpt from an interview where McBride said in um, 30 minutes or less when the Jason, uh, yeah. the Friday the 13th part uh, three, when they were watching it, 
I think that was all like him wanting to put that in there or someone else, like some kind of improv or, or someone talking about that. So I think they are legitimate horror fans and they want nothing more than to, I think they know their pl- the place of the comedy that they do yeah. and they know it wouldn't be like just in those films. So that just goes to show you, especially seeing the trailer that there, you know, isn't going to be like, ah, fucking, there's My- a couple Buster Rhymes fucking <laughs> right. jokes in here. Or fucking Michael's taking mad bong rips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's something where I think that they know and respect what the audience wants. And I think it's, I think the new film's going to be, you know, something that's going to harken back, obviously being the direct sequel, harken back to the original. But the, uh... But getting back to the the actual film, we're just kind of diving into different aspects of the film and everything that you know this film and enta- the original film entails. But but uh, minimal death too, like the kills are five. five. Yeah. Oh well, well let let's go through them. You got um, the mechanic that died in the field. Well, Judith Myers Judith first. Myers. The mechanic. The mechanic. Then the dog. If you want to count the dog. And, and then, then uh, Bob. Bob. Then you got Annie. An- uh, Bob, Annie. And then PJ Soul's character. Yeah. So six. Yeah. That's a... Uh, it's not a bad body count. No. No, but at the same time, like, I mean, you look at, like, the fucking, like, some of the movies from the 80s where there's, like, fucking 20 people dying. Oh, yeah, like, how um, six fucking Michael slays everyone in the hospital? But, yeah, you know, he's killing the babysitter. Oh, oh, my God, something really fucking weird that I picked up on. This is what made me automatically hate Bob even more is when him and uh, PJ Souls are in the car, Linda, yeah. uh, are in the car, and uh, he's, like, they're, like, fucking, like, talking and, and being fucking bourgeoisie about whatever the fuck, and then he's, like, He's like, well, let me get this straight. Well, first we'll take off uh, your clothes or something like that. And then he's just like, and then we'll take off, and then you'll take off my clothes. And then we'll take off, uh, what's her name's clothes? Uh, the Wallace girl's clothes. Uh, he said that. Really? How fucking weird is that? That's so weird. <laughs> like, what kind of pedo shit are you on, Bob? It figures with those fucking glasses. I'm glad you got staked against the goddamn fucking, the pantry. Wait, you're talking about taking off the fucking little girl's clothes? They, he said that. I'm telling you. He fucking said, like, he's like, oh, I'll take your clothes off, and then we'll take uh, Annie's clothes off, and then we'll take... That's fucked up. Did he... Maybe he said Annie's. <laughs> Hopefully he says Annie's, because I don't think John Carpenter's writing some fucking, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer fucking... No, I... Hold on. We're going to investigate. Pause. All right, so we're back, and we have uh, audio evidence that this is what it said, because I heard it, and I literally had a triple take, and I was like, wow, that's fucked up, but this is how fucked up Bob is. First, I rip your clothes off. So don't rip my blouse. It's expensive, idiot. Then you rip my clothes off. Then we rip Lindsay's clothes off. Yeah, I think I got it. Totally. All right. How fucked up is that? That's a little fucking weird. Like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? The girl's like, what? 10, 11? Like, I mean... I- I know it was a different time. It was the 70s. But that's still fucking weird. Yeah, well, good thing you got... That's weird! That's fucking weird! Well, good thing you got fucking stand up against the fucking wall. Yeah, that's true. Because who knows what the fuck he was planning this sick fucking... Maybe he's the real killer of fucking Halloween. Seriously, Jesus. Maybe Michael Myers is a fucking hero after all. He's a fucking... He's anti-hero. He's He's a a vigilante. He's a fucking pedo killer. Um... 
but yeah, I mean, did you know also, uh, do you know how many people played Michael Myers in this film? Two. Actually, Don. Oh, do you, are you sure about that? Oh, it's actually more? I thought three. it was three. Three. So, obviously, Nick Castle. Tony Moran. Tony Moran. Tommy Lee Wallace played him during the closet scene. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Who would have thought that? I was fucking... I'd tell you something about Halloween. Right. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Tommy Lee Wallace during the closet... The famous, infamous, oh, famous yeah. closet scene. Uh, donned the, the mask and played him in that role. I'm not sure why, uh, but that was really fucking cool. Which is obviously Tommy Lee Wallace, director of Halloween 3, Season yeah. of the Witch. Um, but yeah, so three people in the movie... Don the old uh, Don the old shape mask, which obviously, I mean everybody that's listening to this, I doubt anybody's listening to this and being like, oh, <clears throat> tell me something I don't know. Fucking yeah, it's obviously uh, shoestring budget. Fucking they didn't have any money to fucking do anything, so they bought the fucking Shatner mask, right. ripped the fucking eyebrows and sideburns off, spray painted it white, cut the eye holes a little bigger, and I guess Shatner didn't know about it until years later. Instead of Shatner being like, oh, what the fuck, like, my likeness was used, blah, blah, blah. He was just like, I feel honored. Like, yeah. So that was cool uh, that he would, you know, wasn't a dick or anything about it. But obviously a very creepy and kind of like expressionless mask, too. Oh, yeah, like, <coughs> you know, obviously the first mask is iconic. Are we, are we about to rate the mask right now? Or? No. Okay. I mean, the first one's the best mask. I mean, let's... Eh. What, what's the best mask? Five? No, part two. Really? Dude, I, I'm going to suck the dick of part two for like during this entire podcast. I, I just love it so much. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you'll have to do that on part two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't watched Halloween 2 in a few years. Uh, I watched Halloween 4, I think, like two years ago. Um... But it's, uh, I mean, five I haven't watched. I think I've only five watched twice. The worst mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why does he look like a horse? And why does the neck extend <laughs> so fucking long down? Um, like I said, there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of flaws in the sequels. But the original is still so, um... And, and you know what? For me, like, all the originals, like, I grew up watching the, the, or the sequels, like, so much, too. That it kind of like kill like I tried to take myself out of it because I'm probably I wanted to get ready for the new film too so I try to forget like and if you force yourself to you can I force myself to forget that they connect they made it you know Michael Myers the sister to uh, Laurie Strode yeah. or the brother sister yeah, siblings they're, they're related which I know John Carpenter has gone record saying that he completely regrets that yeah so that's why in the new one. They are like, oh, that was just some stupid rumor that someone came up with. Right, right. Which, don't get me wrong, it does... I know, like, they introduced this in part two. And it does kind of take away from the first movie about, like, some random jabroni fucking stalking you. So, like, it is a kind of a really weird, like... I think they, they wanted to... At that point, I think maybe even the studio or, like, fans wanted a motive. They wanted a reason why... Well, it's a better simple motive than part six where, you know, he's part of a cult. And if the fucking stars align and make the thorn symbol in the sky, fucking Michael wakes up and starts yeah, killing people. It's fucking, they got and really he, he's out fucking there. raping his niece. I know yeah. I already brought that up. But I'm yeah. bringing it up again. <laughs> yeah, it gets weird and it gets it gets a little foolish when you get down there. But 
if you try to take yourself out watching the original one, it really is like it holds like a great creepiness to it that none of the other films I think ever matched, save for maybe Halloween H2O. Um, never really. And like I said, I haven't seen Halloween 2 in a while, and I know oh, you've you been see. fucking, you've been cradling the balls and snucking the snick Dude, out of this fucking, out of that movie. I don't know why, I just love 2 so much. It's probably a nostalgia thing to me. I'll have to rewatch it. Like I said, it's been years since I watched 2, so I definitely, uh, you know, w- with us covering the entire, the entire franchise, I'll, I'll be watching 2 next, um, as well. But it is, um... It's obviously more brutal, from what I remember. It, it takes, you know, the brutality up a notch. Oh, yeah, the deaths are more uh, brutal, and obviously there's more deaths. Um, I think my reason, and I'll, we're going to talk about two later on, but I think the two is a nostalgic thing for me, because obviously, like, my dad worked the gray shift at the hospital. Right. So, like, when he did bring me along, uh, you know, like, bring your kid to work day, you know, the hospital's, like, dimly lit. It's right. It's fucking creepy and eerie, mm-hmm. which is the same as, like, setting Halloween 2. So, like, that's probably the reason why I connect right, to right. so much. It's same it, with the first one. And that's what horror movies all are. Like, you immediately connect to it when you can think of, like, a time when you were younger that you remember, like, vividly. And you connect it, even if it's something as simple as, like, oh, we got pizza the night I watched this movie. And I remember, like, sitting there and, like like with like family or, or friends or whatever eating pizza watching this movie isn't it sad i do kind of remember like what certain foods I oh yeah i do too okay because i remember the first time watching hellraiser i got direct subs really and like nice. it, it was that and i think i, I ran a child's play too like in the same weekend mm. so like that's the food that i ate back in second grade well i remember um i can't remember what other movie it was i think it was like i want to say phantasm i think i rented phantasm and dawn of the dead and i remember eating pizza and then school was gonna start like in another week and it was still summer so i went to pay less and got some fucking shoes nice were they fresh they were fresh as fuck i think uh i don't know they were probably i think i think it was still rocking like uh power ranger shit nice. when i saw that which is funny i remember I know we're going off the fucking deep end. Yeah, now. yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, uh, the day I bought Halloween, I think it was Halloween Resurrection. No, yeah, Halloween Resur- uh, Resurrection on DVD. BT showed me Dawn of the Dead for the first time on VHS, and I ate KFC. So it was all connected to Halloween. Nice in some weird way. Nice. Who the fuck did you get KFC then? There's I... one. Was there one in Anita? No, we were coming. Media Play was still around, because that's where I bought it. Oh, okay. I think Mama Hendo stopped off at a KFC on the boulevard, and then we brought it back. Nice, nice. So. Very nice. But yeah, um, the film, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, 40 years later, and it's still, Michael Myers is still, like, as well-known now as he was oh, 40 yeah. years ago. You're talking about 40 years, that's... 10 years older than us you know it's it's 11 for me 11 for you because you're a baby um it's it's crazy you know there's not a fucking comedy that comes out and they're like ah we've made so many sequels and now we're doing a direct sequel to the first one right here's animal house fucking you know 2018 (laughs) that came out in 78 too uh that's why i made that fucking but nothing it's animal house animal house is great but there isn't like as much fan 
loyalty to other genres as there is to horror. And I'll even say that to um, to sci-fi too. Even though sci-fi has a hell of a following, I still feel like horror has the most loyal and dedicated oh, yeah. fan following still. Well, when, when uh, people, you know, you think of sci-fi, it's like, oh, fucking, you got Star Wars and Star Trek. But there's also, like, a lot of cool, like, you know, you got the Alien franchise, you got the thing, like... Yeah, I mean, there's 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 so many, but at the same time, like, you know, if John Carp let's 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 be real here. I mean, John Carpenter shows up somewhere, like it's a big fucking deal. And guess what? When when we saw him, like, how many people were there with fucking Halloween shit to get? Started? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's which is crazy thing that it's almost been a year. Yeah, that was almost a year ago when we saw him. Uh, then uh, now granted is now here's a question for you. Uh, and the reason we haven't dived into, like, explaining the entire movie and all that stuff is because, one, it's got to be one of the most watched movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Everybody who's listening to this knows that we're just talking about our experiences with it, what we feel about it, how it's influenced other movies and things like that. We don't need to fucking break down, you know, the fucking dimensions of PJ Soul's nipples. Like, we've already done that personally in our own time. We spent a lot of hours investigating oh, yeah. that specific scene and other scenes. You like what you see? You know what? You know what? I'll say this. You know what scene I appreciate more than the PJ Souls breasts uh, scene is Annie stuck in the window. Oh yeah, her fucking her little rump. Like out. like I said, I'm more of an Annie fan than I am uh, a well, Linda fan. You so. also see fucking uh, Judas fucking titties as well. Yes, you do. Just, do you think we've ostracized because I don't know if you've listened to the Sleepwalkers episode that we did last week, but we're pretty like uh, we may come off as misogynistic, but I don't think you'll find a more bunch of guys who are more. Uh, are we nice to women? Yeah, we yeah, are. Like I, I love women. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, I grew up in a house full of women. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it's we're just kind of expressing what this film has really done for the genre and for film in general, I think. Um, you know, like I said, 40 years later, it's still... Michael Myers is as fresh now as right. it ever was. And like, I sent I you the shirt. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. Sent you the shirt the other night at Macy's. It's 40 years after that movie, and there's sick. a Michael Myers fucking shirt in Macy's. Like I said, I went to uh, Friday Night at the Fair yesterday, which sucks. Don't go. Uh but there was, like, a Michael Myers house walkthrough that, like, I did. And, like, it was so... It was corny, but it was cool at the same time because they had, like, the Halloween theme song blasting when you're right. walking through. But there was, like, stills of the movie. Like, you're supposedly walking through Myers' house. It's like, why the fuck does he have stills of the movie hanging up? <laughs> That's just me nitpicking this fucking Halloween attraction that yeah. I went to last night. But still, well, it was kind of cool, though, because there was a picture of fucking, like, Dr. Pepper... Which, like, obviously, like, nice. a diehard fan will, like, get that joke. Like, right. oh, that's funny, because fucking... Nick Castle held the Dr. Pepper yeah. up to the mask. Which, actually, I created that photo one time with my own Myers mask. Did you see uh, Did you see the 40-year difference when he did yeah. the new one? He did that? I thought that was, uh, that was really funny. And that's really interesting that Nick Castle... I mean, I've made a million Nick Castle jokes, but the fact that he's back playing the shape once again... Yeah, like, there's, there's a few cool. scenes in the new movie that he plays... Obviously, he's not fucking full-on stunt double. No, no. But, I mean, he is all the slower, like, real scenes where, like, you get, like, a really good shot of Michael Myers. It's, it's Nick Castle. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's. Uh, do you have a favorite scene from? Oof. Favorite scene. Oh, perfect. Got it. <clears throat> it's a scene where uh, Tommy is playing like I think he's playing hide and seek with like Lindsay. Like he's hiding somewhere to like. No, he's he's hiding from Lindsay to scare her. But he's, like, on the other side of the fucking curtain. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when he looks out the window, he sees the shape walking. Like, you see, like, a silhouette of him. I think it's either... God, I really wish I would watch this. Uh, it's either Michael standing there, staring at the house that he's at, or he sees Michael carrying Annie back into the house after he snaps her neck in the car. Yeah. And, like, he, like, freaks out. And he's like, it's the boogeyman, it's the boogeyman. And, like, you know... Laurie Strode's like, there's no such thing as the fucking boogeyman. Like, I think that seems fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. simple, but great. No, that was when he was standing by the other house, like, looking over, right? Is either that or is when he was carrying Annie? I think it was when he was staring over. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's... I mean, there's so many different, like, uh, scenes. But, for me, one of the... Uh, one of the... Uh, most, I guess, uh, I mean, the closet scene is obviously like, super memorable. The oh, yeah. scene where he's like, has Paul's or Paul, uh, he has uh, Bob's glasses on. Oh, yeah, he's wearing the fucking. When he's wearing the the right there, right there. The, and I know people who's listening can't see, but the picture. There is a John Carpenter's Halloween limited edition print that he gave out and fucking had it signed uh, by John Carpenter. So that hangs uh, over behind the the old TV here yes. in the Heart God Media compound. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's so hard to like pinpoint what I think is really. Um, you also got you know the Loomis you know monologue scene explaining how Michael yeah is just that just one's right up there blank. too. Yeah, I mean it's you know you think of, when I think about Halloween, that's probably one of the first things I think about is that like little monologue right. that he's he's telling Charles Cyphers. I do love. I know, like we were talking about flaws earlier, uh, the flaw where you can see the wrench. In the stunt double's hand when he yeah. smashes the window at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, that's just iconic to me because remember on VHS it was like really grainy. I can't remember who the fuck told me that there's a wrench in his hand. I'm like, there's no fucking wrench. You can't see it. Then like the Blu-ray comes out. Oh, yeah. Fucking, you can fucking. Clear as day. F4K cleared that oh, shit yeah. right up. It was Craftsman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it really is kind of unprecedented. And I will say that I think, um. There is something, and like I said, it's not, it's far and it's further, one of the further franchises away from my favorite, Um, although I do love the original, I like two, I love three, I love H2O, four is pretty cool, four is dog shit, five's cool, but dog shit. Okay, I got really confused with your review, you're like, four is cool. Or six is cool, but dog shit. Um, I mean, Halloween Resurrection, funny, but dog shit. Yeah. Uh, I love Rob Zombie's Halloween. I literally think that Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, had it not been a Michael Myers character movie, would be one of, is one, is his greatest film. And I think that's an amazing horror film. Even if, if you forget that it's a Halloween Michael Myers film, I think Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is completely underrated. And I know people are going to fucking... I, I love H2 so much. A lot of people hate on it. And I think it's, it's... It's like a cool, different spin on... A completely different feel from the first oh, one, yeah. too. Cause like, the first one that he did. Because I know, I know we're going to dissect the second one, the remake down the road. But, like, it's just so cool seeing, like, 
the aftermath of like what how, like these people's lives are like after the attacks of the first movie. Oh yeah, it's a complete like uh, you know PTSD type uh, oh, take yeah. on you know what the what people's lives are really like after those events. Like, and I and you know and and Wes did it a little in Scream too. You could actually see like. <clears throat> what Sydney Prescott's like life was living in paranoia and yeah. being constant but at the same time she lets a little bit of it go but it doesn't it doesn't really show No, H two like Rory <laughs> Stroh's like completely fucked up. Oh yeah. And then you got fucking, you know, Daniel Harris, you know, as uh, Annie and she's just like, Listen, it's like I went through the same shit but like I'm fine. It's yeah. like what the fuck's up with you? Yeah, and it's uh yeah, it's 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 wild to think about um, how much hate that movie has. But I mean, as with a lot of the Halloween films, people can pick them apart. And obviously, with remakes, um, you're gonna get more of that than than most. What most people's complaints of the the remake of the second one is like the giant white horse. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, that was obviously just something that was like a little extra for for uh rob but maybe that could have been uh honestly more explained more but i know they started shooting that in april and it was was like rushed it was like a 25 26 day shoot it was super rushed because they didn't want to wait till october to put it out they wanted to put it out in august and came out in august and it fucking it flapjacked because it was rushed and they wanted to release it too soon and fucking rob zombie fucking crucified the weinsteins after that and there's i mean we'll get into that one once we get to it but uh but yeah is there anything else you want to touch on as far as halloween like the markets left i mean you talk about you know that michael myers mask that and maybe because it's not as an easy of a mask and maybe there's a rights issue but you don't see that mask everywhere like you see the makeshift fucking hockey mask yeah. or like a freddy glove well going back to you know Right at the fair. Uh, they had, like, the shittiest Michael Myers mask on, oh, the, really? on the guy chasing after you. They had the blonde part four mask. <laughs> it, it's just, like, a cliche, like, white mask with, like, the hair, like... He looked like fucking Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah. It's like, dude, Michael's hair wasn't fucking sticking up like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, no, like, Trick or Treat Studios, like, they actually release, like, a way better fucking Halloween mask. But then, like, if you go, like, Spirit Halloween, you get, like, the generic, like, oh, here's just a white mask with hair. Yeah. Then I even saw, like, some Michael Myers mask was just, it's a white plastic mask that you just put over your face. Right. And there's no hair or anything to it. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which, I mean, if they made, like, a budget, like, Halloween mask that was m- widely accepted, I mean, I think it's relatively easy to make, um, but it's a shame you don't see that as much. But it's, I mean, there's no doubt. De- denying that it's an iconic mask and it's you know one of the most iconic masks well i think what well, things in name like what dom post that makeup or that mask maker he had a deluxe one that i bought oh really like forever ago and uh i'm gonna do you know um what was i gonna say about the uh okay so poster art obviously we gotta talk about the poster art before we wrap this up the poster art with the pumpkin and the knife might be the most iconic horror movie poster of all time Oh yeah, I, with I, the night he came home. Oh yeah, I love that poster so much, and and I have that one too that I had signed by Carp when we met him. But it's, I mean, you're talking. I I really can't like I don't think the nightmare the nightmare on Elm Street, uh, original movie poster art or the Friday the Thirteenth movie poster art. None, neither one of them is as is 
is uh, iconic as iconic as that original Halloween poster. Right. And uh, it's it really is just uh, one of the best uh, hot horror movie posters, like period. I was right. It was that post. Yeah. It's and it's um, it is just uh, I see all the new alternative artwork and and it's always cool, but man, they that artwork is. Probably the most... I, I, I put it up there with the best original horror movie artwork for a movie poster. Right, I know we saw, like, nostalgia stuff, but, like, I remember, you know, walking through Video King, through the horror section, and, like, that VHS tape just, like, sitting there with the fucking the orange jack yeah. lantern on it. It's like, that is just amazing artwork, and it bums me out that I don't have that poster. I should buy it. I think Soundgarden's got a copy of it. Right yeah. And, you know, I've been... Sucking the dick of part two, but part two's poster is really cool too. Yeah, is that with the one with the half? It's, uh, it's the skull jack o' lantern. Yeah, yeah, which is dope as fuck. Yeah. I really like that one too as well. You notice the DVD art has like doesn't have like that great of uh, it's like half black, half white. You know what I mean? I have you have it too. I see yeah. it right there. Yeah, uh, I have that DVD, and I also love the Scream Factory Blu-ray that they just released. Yeah, yeah, like the, I did the, like the, that. Um, the new artwork is really sick. But that's then, for the Steelbook one, right? No, they I put have... two and three out in Steelbook. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm talking about like the original one with like the slipcover. Yeah, I know you're talking about. And then you're able to like flip. Yeah. To the original poster on the other side, which I did. But yeah, if you're a Scream Factory fan, they obviously released the box set. Did you get that box set? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick it up either because honestly, like, like at the time, I was just like. I own all of them. Like, it is cool that they all came with black. Um, oh, yeah, the black. Which you can actually go on Amazon and buy black cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's super. That 50, that 10 disc set is fucking everywhere, dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. Which I'm, I might break down and just buy that because, like. I was thinking about that, too. Because, like, you're not going to get the special features. It's like, oh, well. But at least I'm going to own them all. But the funny, let's talk about that box set. Uh, there is a time period where that box set was being released. Uh. 2013. 2013. Uh, TCM store was actually selling it. I remember this. And oh my god, I completely forgot that, about that, this that's, story. That's the reason why I said I want to talk okay, about it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, they marketed it for $20 fucking dollars, and I put it in, and it kept on saying transaction pending, and then I got an email saying approved. I'm like, holy fuck, I just got this box set for 20 bucks. <laughs> fucking... 30 minutes later, I get an email saying, we are not uh, going to accept your request for this box set. And they pretty much gave me the middle finger. But they gave me a fucking 10% off coupon. They refunded your money, right? The $20. They gave me back my 20 bucks and they gave me like a 10% coupon to get the fucking box at 10% oh off. God. And I'm like, no, fuck What was you. it marked back up to? I like, mean, obviously it was a fucking huge error. They're like, oh yeah. we can't let... They probably had a, multiple people fucking get it, right? And that's the one thing that fucking pissed me off because I hopped on... <laughs> I hopped on fucking uh, Instagram. Some cocksucker bought 10. And they accepted it. What the fuck? I wanted one. And now they're probably, they're the ones on eBay right now. Uh, probably 400 for bucks fuck. fucking. I saw one for 1200 It's like, motherfucker, are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, it was funny that the one that was 400 I had like a shit ton of autographs all over it. I'm like, that, you know what? I probably, That one's worth it. I would spend... 400 bucks on that but i do like the the case that's around it because it has like him standing in the like leaf blowing stream oh, yeah. like on the one side that, like that's really cool and stuff but at the same time like i said it's not my favorite film franchise i own every single one of them on dvd 
Um, so do I really need it? No. Will I maybe pick up that 10-disc set when it goes on fucking sale for Did fucking it, dirt cheap? I'm saying, like, if, if that 10-disc one goes on sale for 20 bucks, I will buy it. Yeah. Uh, even though, like, I don't like the packaging of it, they put, like, I think it's, like, one through four in, like, one fucking case, and then, like, the arrestor in another case. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're not getting separate cases. So, like, I don't know. Hey, fuck it. I'll get it. I think I have... I think I have, like, Rob Zombie's Halloweens. I have the unrated DVD, the theatrical DVD, and then the three-disc DVD nice. that's unrated. And then I think I have... I don't think I have the theatrical cut of this Rob Zombie's second Halloween, but I do have a DVD and Blu-ray copy, I think, of the unrated ones. You know what's funny, though? The Rob Zombie theatrical cuts on DVD, or, like, one and two, are, like, fucking rare. Which is weird how, like... Are they really? the, yeah, like, I can never find the rated art cuts of the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Right there. Yeah, see, I do. I used to have that poster in my bedroom. Yeah, I had, uh, I found this one. I didn't even remember where I found it. And I was just like, oh, I love the, I love the, um, the fucking, the little difference, differences. Like, obviously, you get Bill Mosley, Leslie Easterman. Yeah. Like, uh, nah, trick or treat, baby. Yeah, like, like uh, I love, it was funny, though. Like, this might be the rarest time where I find the radar cut more fun to watch than the actual director's cut. I agree with that. Because, like, I like the way Michael escapes in that one. Like, the rape scene is just kind of like... It's eh. Yeah, it's like he kills the two dudes and he just, like, walks away and then fucking Danny Trejo dies. I know we're going to dissect the remake sooner or later. Uh, I can't remember the differences in the theatrical cut and the unrated cut for the remake of 2. Uh, the, the ending... Like in the in the theatrical cut, he goes, no or what? Wait, it wasn't the, the which one was the theatrical cut? Or the unrated one where he's like, die! Ah oh, shit, I remember that. Uh, I think it was in both. Was it? I gotta rewatch them. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute for me. Uh, but I do remember that, and I remember laughing in theaters. Uh, but closing thoughts on you know we've we've pretty we've broken the seal on all the ho- the Halloween film franchise we're going to dive into everything like i said we didn't dive into every little scene in the movie cuz everyone's this has got like i said it's one of the most between this night of living dead nightmare on elm street friday the 13th it's one of the most watched right. horror films of all time you don't need to hear us go into every been... scene it was more about little nuances and things that may or may not have known uh what, what foods we ate during horror films exactly what foods we ate um, you know, the diameter of PJ Soul's nipples, uh, yes. Annie's butt, Bob's a pedo. Bob is a fucking pedo. Tommy Lee Wallace played him in the fucking closet scene. Uh, you God, know. it sends you fucking dumb light on Bob. Fuck Bob. Yeah, I, like I told you, Bob's a fucking <laughs> piece of shit weirdo. Fuck him. Uh, but yeah, closing thoughts. Where does the original Halloween sit with you as far as, you know, where is it rank like, uh, Horror movie-wise. Is oh. it your favorite horror movie of all time? It is my favorite horror movie of all time. Is it your favorite movie of all time? You know. You know that. My favorite movie of all time Ghostbusters. is Ghostbusters. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Uh, but yeah, Which, I mean... That uh, Sleepwalkers poster of the Ghostbuster logo is pretty sick. Yeah, that's amazing, right? I like that a lot. I figure you would. So um, smash that like button. So what are your expectations as the new one's a direct sequel to the first one? What are things that you either want to see or you absolutely do not want to see? I'm all on board. Uh, like after I said, like after I saw both trailers, uh, 
I'm 100%. I'm fucking excited. Like I said, the mask looks sick. I love the fact that... Which is funny because how I brought up the remake of Halloween 2, how Jamie Lee or Laurie Strode is like fucking nuts after the events of the first film. I like the fact that in this one, this Laurie Strode 40 years later is fucking like a crazy cat lady batshit nuts. Like, I'm waiting for this moment. It's going to happen. And she's fucking locked and loaded. She isn't vulnerable anymore, and she's uh, she's ready to kick fucking ass yeah. for sure. She went to fucking Bert from Tremors for his fucking ideas. She really did. But yeah, I mean, it. Like I said, it's uh, it's not my favorite film franchise. It's it's not. Um, but there's no denying what the first film has done. And I, like I said, I think some of the other sequels and other movies have have been way stronger than the sequels in this one but when you go all the way back you forget about all those sequels and you go back to this initial film and you watch it and you can clear the slate and you can watch this as its own film it is still one of the most uh, haunting and eerie films like of all time because there's no motive there's no explanation. It is someone who is literally was born, you know, and got to a point at six years old where murder was Here's natural. What well, fucking six-year-old, like, snaps? Like, back in 78. Like, what do you have to be pissed about? Well, I mean, that's what's, that's what's intriguing about it, is he's... Speaking of I know, but he's... He's that fucked up. He's... Just blank inside. Murder is the only thing that is cool. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like murder's murder's tight. I yeah, like murder. This is rad. Let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, John Carpenter's Halloween, uh, legendary film, and we shall be diving into two, three, four, five, six, H two O, Resurrection, Rob Zombies, Halloween, and oh, Halloween Two. And the new one once we see it. So, uh, thanks for uh, listening and uh, listening to us kind of break the seal on the Halloween uh, franchise and and uh, kind of what it means to us this first film and you know pretty much what it what it spawned and and what we're gonna dive into with all the sequels and you know the direct sequel uh, when it comes out on October nineteenth. Um, tomorrow is October first. When you're listening to this, it's probably either. September 30th or October 1st. And, uh, yeah, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuide Media. And uh, you can follow us there. Listen on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe. Uh, let us know you're listening. Rate and review. And, uh, yeah, this has been the HeartGuide Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse HS.